Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the West of the Rest podcast. It is Monday, August 22nd. We are here to bring you another episode as we break down all the latest in West Coast recruiting. I am Blair Angulo and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, how are you? Blair, we are mere days away from the college football season starting. We've had high school games starting in, seems like every state, you know, but Oregon, Washington, and maybe Arizona. We've had NFL preseason games are about halfway through, but most importantly, but we got college football coming up this week and nothing says the start of college football season like Dublin, Ireland hosting Big Ten powerhouses, Nebraska and Northwestern Blair. It means college football is right around the corner. Yeah, I got to pour myself a good Guinness this Saturday as we watch that. Uh, at what time is it? 9 a.m. Pacific? 9 a.m. Pacific, which, you know, a Guinness since I think I told you before, my, my experience with Guinness for the very first time was actually in Europe, in Scotland. And I was served a warm Guinness while eating at a pub. And it was not good. It was not good. But a warm Guinness at 9 a.m. might actually work. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you know, like toast coffee. up a bagel. Yeah. I was going to say toast up a bagel. Uh, you know, maybe get yourself a little pastry. Uh, I will be fresh off my trip to Vegas. We're going to get into why I will be in Vegas a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but I do land back home early in the morning. I'll scramble, I'll pick up some breakfast, go and watch uh, that big matchup. And it's good timing for you because, Huff, a little birdie told me that you celebrated an anniversary over the weekend. Congratulations. What's the tally now? It is number 23. You know, speaking of college football games, I got married the week before college football started in 1999. And I remember, you know, man and I were on our honeymoon and we're in Hawaii. And on that Saturday morning, it was like 7 a.m. This is back in the old days. See, I'm going to age myself, Blair. Back in the old days, they used to have like the Disney kickoff classic, which they would play first at Anaheim Stadium. And then they would do it at different schools around the country. But then they also used to have like the pigskin kickoff classic. And I remember Arizona was playing Penn State. LeVar Arrington, who's not far from you now as a high school coach, Penn State had Courtney Brown, future Cleveland Brown, number one draft pick. And I remember watching college football on the honeymoon thinking, man, watching college football on honeymoon is awesome. I don't know that Amanda thought it was as awesome as I thought it was, but that was 23 seasons ago. She hasn't gone anywhere, but college football has changed so much, yet our relationship and love for each other has not. 
How very on brand though that you didn't you didn't get into the season, right? Like you came off the board right ahead of the season, which is very on brand. I like it. Yes, you know, the I'm foresight a, was very good. I'm a big believer in early commitments. Very, very good. Was that was that a solid verbal? Are you are you still committed? Still still committed. I mean, I'm I'm kind of heading towards like I'm trying to think of who's the, the dean of college football coaches. You know, Kyle Whittingham's been at Utah for well, let's go from the West. Kyle Whittingham, I have been married to my wife longer than Kyle Whittingham has been married to the University of Utah as their head coach. And he is the senior most coach in the West region right now at the power five or group of five level. Yeah. No, that's that's a very good accomplishment. Brandon Huffman, the ruler of the West Coast. I, we can <laughs> we can officially say, uh, and obviously the anniversary is great and all, but perhaps most importantly, Huff, you got to spend some quality time with your son and you broke a hobby box of some football cards. Any good pulls before we start the show? There were, you know, he's got this weird thing where he keeps pulling these like high expensive, high cost Joe Burrow cards. And Ooh, he, a little Joe Burrow action. Okay. Joe, Joe is Burrow. he keeping is he keeping them? Oh, he's keeping. That's his personal collection is Joe Burrow. But the other one, and since NIL is now prevalent in recruiting talk, we uh, popped open a pack and Dallas Turner, former 24-7 sports five-star Dallas Turner, got an autographed card in one of his boxes. Uh who true freshman out of St. Thomas Aquinas last year started for Bama, was a top 10 player nationally, and he got that card. So that was a nice little hit for him because Dallas Turner is probably going to be a first-round draft pick, maybe a top 10 pick in about two years from now. So it's not just about the now, it's about the future. Yeah, no, I mean, that's I think that's the reason why people get into the hobby and, and it's about, you know, potentially landing a card that could get you a, a good sum of money you know maybe maybe your son can go on his honeymoon with that kind of cash later on in, in life college um, ain't paying for itself <laughs> it is it definitely is not and it's not getting cheaper uh we're gonna discuss some commitments on the show as we always do oregon utah stanford usc byu they all got pledges in the last week we're also going to break down top 24 7 linebacker blake nicholson as one of the better available prospects heading into the season and we're also going to look ahead a little bit to to Friday, which will feature two massive national nat uh, matchups, including St. John Bosco at Allen in Texas, as well as Modern Day at Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. That's why I will be in Vegas. But let's kick off the show, Huff, talking about Malachi Nelson. That's a player that maybe will be signing a couple autographs here and there here in, in the next in the next year or so. He, he is fresh off inking with Clutch Sports, and um, you know he's become the first high school player to sign with that sports agency he opened up his senior season with the usc headband on his head not a cowboy hat which was obviously <laughs> raising a lot of concerns with usc fans and had you know been a topic of conversation from a national perspective as a&m continues to push for the five-star quarterback but hear this up uh, hear this out huff he, he started his senior season sat out the fourth quarter because he went 22 of 29 for 418 yards and five touchdowns all in the first half he was a big 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 home run hitter in the offseason circuit i think that's one thing that's gotten him in trouble uh is the fact that he tries to go he tries to go big uh but he had touchdowns of 43 50 48 55 and 63 so that shows you right there the big playability of malachi nelson and perhaps most notice notably he did have that usc headband underneath his helmet 
One of the great things about the season is that it, it brings back all the real football that we've been aching for since last November and last December. And you know, you always want to see those elite guys in their first game have big games to put up the number that that show that they're not just camp all stars. When you're a player as elite as Malachi is, that's the kind of efficiency that I think. You know, we we know he's got the arm. We know he can do it all, but. It's the efficiency. That's the kind of stuff you're looking for in a quarterback. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, can really kind of portend what kind of season that they're going to have. You know, there's a lot of guys that can put up numbers. I mean, we've seen guys throw 60 times a game to get to 400 yards, but there's 25 incompletions. They're going for five yards here. It's the efficiency in which Malachi ran that offense in week one. And, you know, keep in mind, he lost the key weapon to transfer this year. So... You know, he's also making do with kind of a newer, maybe different look uh, offensively than he did a year ago. But yet he still looks to be every bit the elite passer that we, we've got him rated as. Yeah, DeAndre Moore, the Louisville commit, uh, is obviously the player you're referring to no longer being at Los Alamitos, catching balls from Malachi Nelson. I think what stands out to me, Huff, is the fact that there's so much talk surrounding his decisions, right? Whether that be a collegiate decision, he's committed to USC, took that unofficial visit to College Station, uh, really, I think, drew the attention of everyone from a, from a recruiting standpoint, not only USC fans, not only Texas A&M fans, but the fans of, of College Station college football that want to know who's next and and it's clear that Malachi Nelson is among that group of players that I think will become a household name uh, here in the next few years but for him to go out there fresh off the announcement that he had signed with Clutch with all that buzz with all the expectations and and maybe some pressure to perform I think for him to go out on the road they played up in the Central Valley I believe to perform I think speaks to just that moxie that he has you know I think we've been a bit hypercritical about him because he was you know early on regarded as perhaps the best quarterback in this class and now there's guys like Arch Manning and Dante Moore and Nico Yamaleava and to a you know a different extent you know the Christopher Vazinas and the Jaden Rashadas those types of conversations have maybe allowed us to forget how high we have been on Malachi Nelson for such a long time. And you know this, Huff, we build someone up so early, then we start picking holes in their game, right? We start wondering, oh, you know, is he as good as we thought he would be? You know, is he as good as maybe he thought he was going to be? Or, or is he is he warranting all the offers that, that have come his way? Uh, but I think we have to take a step back and remember Malachi Nelson is one of those generational talents because he has the quick release, he has the act Sure, he likes to go for the home run ball, which we've already talked about, but this is a player who should contend for immediate playing time once he gets to USC, considering that Caleb Williams will be on his way out as well. I think you hit the nail on the head first. You know, when you say that we, we raise a guy up, his profile so early that a lot of times what happens is you spend the next few months or a few years nitpicking games. And we see that. Yeah, with- and we, we saw that with Quinn Ewers in the previous cycle. Remember, this is a player who was number one, couldn't do anything wrong. He was the guy, right? Everyone knew uh, him about the mullet and the style, but his arm strength and what he was able to do on the field. Then it goes to the Elite 11 finals and in a way lays an egg. And then we start wondering, uh, I don't know, like is Quinn Ewers as good as he is? He didn't have a great week. You know, is the pressure getting to him? He signs that big NIL deal. Uh, he goes to Ohio State early. Now he's named the starter at Texas, and everyone's like, "Oh my God! Remember Quinn Ewers? He's great." Yeah. the The other thing you, you know you always got to keep in mind on that too is like the NFL draft the same way. You know they they spend an entire 
season saying that this guy is going to be the guy, then the bowl games are over. All right, now we have three months between the end of the college football season and the draft. You have the combine, you have pro days, you have meet and greets, whatever it may be. You have the postseason all-star games at upperclassmen. And then the guy who was an absolute no-brain lock for the number one overall pick, you're starting to find all the anonymous. And that's one thing I'll give us in our industry is we put our name on stuff. You have all these anonymous NFL scouts that'll come in and say something. Half the time, I'm not even convinced it's NFL scouts. I'm convinced it's front office personnel ripping a person so that that guy can drop to them. But it even happens at the next level where you spend three months nitpicking. Shoot, we see in the two-week break between where the AFC and NFC championship games are until the Super Bowl, where you have two elite quarterbacks that spend the next two weeks being told that they can barely play Pop Warner football. And, and so that's what happens. So then when they get the game gas back on, they get to make those plays, it's kind of like, hey, guys, you know, how does this taste? And then they go out and have the efficient type performance like Malachi had. And we're going to see, you know, Jaden Rashada gets his season started this week. Nico Amaliava had it start two weeks ago on the road in Hawaii. We're going to start to see these guys really get to show what they can do with just kind of, I mean, who would have thought that your high school senior season would be the least stressful part of football because of all the recruiting, with all the other stuff that's now along with the recruiting process? I'm sure for Malachi, it was nice to just, you know, put that red and blue, red, white, and blue on, put his helmet on with his USC headband, and just go out and play Los Alamitos football. And he has the game that he had. We saw it with Nico two weeks ago, where I think he threw, what, five touchdown passes. I would anticipate with, with Jaden Rashada, with some of the other highly rated quarterbacks, they're just going to be back in their element where they wanted to be all this time. Yeah, I, I'm expecting big things out of Malachi Nelson this this fall and, and obviously heading into his college career. And uh, I think he feels like he has a lot to prove still, which, you know, that, that makes him dangerous because yeah. he's got a terrific arm. I think we forget about the accuracy downfield and, and his big playability is, is going to continue to play. So Malachi Nelson kicks off his senior season. We kick off with a huge A block, Huff. I, I like it. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are back on the West of the Rest podcast. Blurring Gulo with Brandon Huffman here to discuss some commitments, some notable movement out West in the last week. Let's start with Oregon Huff. Jaden Moore, three-star edge, a highly coveted player who had a, a number of offers and continues to see his stock rise. He comes off the board to the Ducks. One of the things that we've seen this season, this offseason, is that you know Washington is... You know, Oregon, Cal, and and Arizona have kind of been involved in a lot of recruitments. And we've seen a lot of those schools as finalists. And 
Oregon has kind of gotten the last couple of them. You know, Jerry Mixon, we talked about him last week, but then Jaden Moore, Oregon made like a late offer there. Now, this was a recruitment that in June, it was Washington, Arizona, Cal, that looked to be the three schools that he was going to commit to. He was he named it basically a, a final three. And I want to say it was when he was on his official visit, maybe to Cal, he got the offer from Oregon. Went up there for the Saturday Night Live in at the end of July, and Oregon wowed him and got his commitment last week. But that was one where, you know, Oregon kind of has that ability to hover. We talked about it with Kenyon Sadiq a week ago, where, you know, they recruit nationally, but then they kind of hover. A lot of these kids grow up watching them. And Oregon gets a guy who's an 89. He's a high three-star, borderline four-star, 424-7 sports, a guy that can play himself into four-star range this fall. And that's a nice pick because of the versatility he brings. He can be a guy who puts his hand on the ground. He can be a stand-up edge guy. Uh, but a nice pickup for Tosh LePoy and, and Dan Lanning and Oregon there. Yeah, the significant movement there was was that he picked up an offer from Notre Dame as well, oh, right? right? And off the heels of Notre Dame missing on Keon Keeley in a way, right? They they lost that commitment. The five star uh, edge rusher backed off his, his pledge, and it looks like Alabama is now in the picture. Well, you know that's that's no offer to to, to sneeze at. I, Notre Dame going in there being a top five recruiting class right now, and uh, perennially in the conversation for a college football playoff. Marcus Freeman knows what he's doing with that defense. Defense. And for them to be recruiting at the level that they're recruiting to throw out an offer of Jaden Moore late, uh, obviously is significant and, and obviously shows you know his value. Um, so that's that's a good pickup for the Ducks. Uh, the other program that was involved in the Pac-12 championship last year and, and ended up winning the game was Utah, and they picked up a commitment from Brock Fonomoana. He's a three-star safety from Kahuku in Hawaii, a player I really like. Huff, I think he's got a potential to be one of those players that when we look back maybe five six years down the road because he is planning to take a two-year mission immediately after high school to serve his church you know this is a player who you know could make us regret the rating because I, I think he's special. He's got the nose for the football. He plays incredibly tough. He's got two-way uh, value. He plays some tight end. He plays some running back. He plays some receiver. A player who we saw a couple years ago in the seven-on-seven -seven circuit, bloodied. You know, he's got scrapes on his elbows. He's got a busted knee, and he's still out there making plays. <laughs> this is the perennial. Like if we're if we're gonna draw up a recruit that is headed to Utah, Brock Fonomoana is the one. No question. I think it's one of those guys that. You know, you mentioned it. We we look back on in a couple of years and you, you say, you know, hey, that guy might have been should have been rated higher. I mean, we, we see it we thought last year with Kale Kana coming from the state of Hawaii, signing with Utah late. You know, how many times have we see and, and another thing, he's a Kahuku kid. So you know there's gonna be that toughness that you may not find in a lot of recruits. And you know, I will say that Lewis Powell does as good of a job recruiting the state of Hawaii as any coach in all of college football. You know, Brian Polian was kind of the original guy who could get those dudes to come to the mainland. But Lewis Powell and the guys he's gotten from Kahuku, and, you know, he joins his teammate, Kakai Carvalho, uh, committing to Utah. But Stanford doesn't lose a lot of recruiting battles against other Pac-12 schools, Blair. And, and that was, I think, the most significant because – you know, Dwayne Aquino has got a tremendous reputation of DB development going to his time at Texas and at Arizona and now at Stanford. So that's a big win for Utah to A, be the kid that has a Stanford offer, B, to beat Stanford at a position they've recruited well, and C, to continue to put a class together that's got some talent from Kahuku, which, you know, you're, we're going to get to see on the mainland in a couple of weeks, but that's the most dominant team on the island right now. 
and, and Brock maybe gets overshadowed a bit by by Leona and, and even by what Kai Kai can do offensively, but he's a talent in his own right. And, you know, something for Utah fans to get excited about, he's got a younger brother, 2025 there, that will end up being a Power 5 recruit himself. Yeah, Max Fornoimoana, uh, another player that's getting a lot of buzz. Stanford lost that battle, but they did win a Pac-12 battle uh, for Gavin Goweniger. He's a three-star defensive lineman from Chaparral. And Huff, I saw him last season. I went out to see then-five-star Anthony Lucas play against Scottsdale Saguaro, which ended up winning the state championship. But they won that game. Chaparral beat Saguaro. the only loss Saguaro suffered last, last year. And obviously, everyone's there watching Anthony Lucas. You got... You know, he's at the time still pursued by the likes of, of Oregon and Alabama and Notre Dame, and, and he ends up at Texas A&M. But Gavin Goeninger was making plays uh, all night long, and, and this is a player who we got to see a couple times in the offseason camp circuit. What do you like about him? I, I just love, you know, the length there. I mean, remember, we we saw him in Las Vegas at the uh, ESPN underclassman camp, and you, you just see that length, and you see, you know, the, the frame there. I mean, that is, he, he kind of got, a frame reminiscent of what Stanford was winning the Pac-12 with and competing for Pac-12 championships with every year back in the in the 20 in the teens. And it was, you know, guys with that length, guys with that size and that frame that once they got to Stanford, they put another 25, 30 pounds on and, you know, became kind of, you know, freaks that were really difficult for Pac-12 linemen to block. I, I think, you know, you, you look at uh, a guy who came from Arizona, Connor Murphy. You know, he played at, uh, I'm sorry, not Connor Murphy, his, his brother Trent Murphy. So I'm thinking of uh, Connor was from, uh, where did Connor play? Connor Trent, ended up at USC. He was at USC, but they were at Hamilton, if I recall. He was at uh, Brophy Prep. Brophy Prep. Okay. So they're both, sorry, Jason Joel, I forgot that. But if you remember when Trent Murphy, you know, when he got there, by the time he was a senior and became an NFL draft pick, he already had that length, but he got bigger and stronger. And those Stanford defenses were nasty. From about 2012 to about 2017-18, you know, between Derek Mason and and Lance Anderson, those defenses were nasty. And guys like Gavin uh, Gwenninger are those kind of players that Stanford needs to get back to those nasty defenses that they had when they were winning Pac-12 titles and competing for them. I love that pickup for Stanford. Yeah, BYU also made some noise over the weekend getting three-star wide receiver Josiah Phillips. He is a, you know, a really dynamic playmaker, can stretch the field. I love what he's able to do in space. He's a player who's rubbing elbows with the one and only Bronny James at Sierra Canyon in Chatsworth, California. So Josiah Phillips headed to BYU. Before we switch gears and, and talk about some big games this weekend, St. John Bosco at Allen and Modern Day at Bishop Gorman. Huff, what's the latest? on top 24-7 linebacker Blake Nicholson. So I would anticipate we will get a decision between now and probably the opening weekend of regular college football, which is that Labor Day weekend. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened between now and the end of August. He was basically down to a final three that he named the 4th of July of Florida State, Oregon, and UCLA. But reality is it's Florida State and Oregon that were there for him. He took official to Florida State and to Oregon back in June, put the top three together, only took an unofficial to UCLA. Uh, did that in May, but Florida State and Oregon, you know, looked to be the two schools that had been out in front. Now, all signs seem to be pointing to Oregon. He had taken an unofficial visit there earlier in June before his official. But then at the end of July, he took a four-day trip down to Tallahassee, got to go see Florida State practice under Mike Norvell, 
got to watch uh, Randy Shannon, their linebackers coach, who's recruiting him. Got to see him coach. Was there during that open week of the quiet period. And all of a sudden, now Florida State looks like they're in position to get him, uh, which makes me think that it's also a reason that Oregon really turned the heat up with Jerry Mixon that same week that Blake Nicholson was down in Tallahassee and got his commitment because now it looks like Florida State's in the driver's seat to land Nicholson, you know, for as great as he is defensively. He's going to be a linebacker in college. He's going to be playing in the 2023 All-American Bowl in San Antonio and the Polynesian Bowl in Hawaii. He also was second in California last year in touchdown scored because he plays running back from Antica. But Florida State's recruiting him to play defense. So is Oregon UCLA. And right now, Florida State looks like they could be the prime team to get him. And I would anticipate he's made it, you know, pretty clear he wants to have a decision made at some point in August. Wisconsin made a recent offer, but it might be too little too late there. So I anticipate in the next 10 days, Blake Nicholson will come off the board. Some big news there as one of the better defenders in the West region is getting close to announcing a decision. Let's go to the final point in in this podcast, and that would be the matchups in high school football. Twitter will be ablaze, Huff, on Friday as the one of the better player of uh, one of the better teams in California heads to Texas, San John Bosco playing at Allen. And then we've got Modern Day, who some consider the best ha- high school program in the country, headed to Vegas to play Bishop Gorman. Is there a matchup or two in each of those games that you're you're excited to see? I'm just more I'm here for the excuses that come. <laughs> I am I am here for the banter. Also. For the banter. You know, we, we saw this movie last year. If you remember, we saw this when St. John Bosco went down to play. Oh, I'm sorry, Modern Day went down to play Duncanville and they annihilated Duncanville. And it was all these years, oh, well, you know, this is a public school against private school. Yes, I'm sure all those kids happen to live in the Allen School District, Texas football. You can at me. My ad is Greg Biggins, at Greg Biggins. Email address Greg Biggins at CBS. But yes, I'm saying right now, I'm here for the excuses that are going to come from Texas stands, state of high school football in Texas, that have excuses when St. John Bosco beats Allen about how, well, you know, it's public against private. Whatever it is, yes, Texas, you're going to have a full stadium, but St. John Bosco is just so loaded. And, you know, kudos to to the way that, you know, St. John Bosco is willing to go anytime, anywhere, any place, and then go into Allen. But I am intrigued for that because I cannot wait to watch Twitter and how Texas high school football Twitter and California high school football Twitter unite to provide us entertainment Friday night. Dude, I love it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. I'll be in Vegas for the Bishop Gorman matchup against Modern Day. Gorman already kicked off their season, uh, beating Corner Canyon this last week, and uh, Modern Day also started their season with with a victory uh, at home, playing West out of Salt Lake City. Uh, that I think the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is 2024 four star quarterback Elijah Brown against that secondary of Gorman. They've got terrific playmakers up and down the board uh, at Corner. You've got two SEC-bound corners. Jeremiah Hughes going to LSU. Justin Rett going to Georgia. At safety, you've got Elijah Palmer, who was the MVP among defensive backs out of camp uh, in Vegas earlier this offseason. And Cody DeCambra, who's committed to Oregon. Uh, at linebacker, you've got a committed player to Boston College in Pala Iefaoa. you got a Hawaii commit in uh in uh, Jemai Otis, uh, at defensive line, you've got you know guys like Jonah Leai. So a ton of athletes on that de- on that defensive side of the ball for Bishop Gorman. Uh, but Elijah Brown is one of the better, steadiest 
and most accurate quarterbacks in the country. And sure, he might not have a Relique Brown anymore. He might not have a, a CJ Williams in that offense. Relique being at USC and, and CJ also being at USC after his late decommitment from Notre Dame. But I think that that's where the game will be won. You know, whether or not Elijah Brown can make plays against that talented Bishop Gorman defense. So it's going to be exciting to to be there. But I I also will be on my phone making sure I'm keeping tabs on Bosco Allen. Like I said, Twitter will be on fire. Anything else before we go, Huff? I actually get to go watch some Texas high school football myself this weekend, Blair. Oh, not in Texas. It's actually in the state of Oregon on the Nike campus. I'll be watching St. Augustine, Louisiana against DeSoto of Texas. You know, football so big in Texas that they're playing the game at the Ronaldo Field. It, you know, international football star. I believe that's what they call it, soccer, football internationally. But, you know, how many times have we seen the opening finals at the Ronaldo Field in Beaverton? And, you know, you always kind of wonder, hey, you know, it would kind of be cool to see a real game here. You've got that great view from the Tiger Woods Center. You know, there's been many a, a elite seven-on-seven tournament, the old Nike seven-on back in the day. Used to be held in the Ronaldo Field, but they'll, they'll be bringing football to Beaverton to the Nike headquarters for a matchup that'll actually be on NFL Network. Uh, you're going to see Jonte Cook from DeSoto, who's committed to Texas. Uh, he is the, the highest rated player on DeSoto. Uh, you'll also get to see for LSU, or I'm sorry, LSU commitment. Tyree Adams, an offensive lineman from New Orleans who's committed to LSU. He'll be playing for St. Augustine. So, you know, not very often you get a game like that that's not played you know, if it's played in a neutral side, it's usually played in hotbeds like Las Vegas. I know each year you get to go cover the Polynesian Classic and you get some out-of-state teams, but Texas Louisiana teams coming to Oregon to, to play on Friday night. So while it will not be the dating atmosphere of Allen, Texas, I am excited to get to watch a little bit of football next Friday. Here's a little deep cut, Huff, and I'm not expecting you to know this, but I'm hoping that there is a touchdown celebration and one of the players breaks out the Ronaldo C. Just look it up if you if you don't know. It, it's his goal celebration. He does a little spinneroo. He leaps up in the air. He lands. Uh, he does kind of like a Dragon Ball Z thing. So I'm, I'm hoping. I think I I'm, saw that on Twitter once. I'm hope he yeah he spins his finger, runs to the flag, lifts up, does a half revolution, lands on his heels essentially. But it's 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 iconic. It, it's a thing that people know. Um, so I'm hoping that some of these high school football players on Ronaldo Field are able to pull off the Ronaldo celebration. And if they do, I want you to tweet about it. I will. All right. So that it's Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports. I am Blair Angulo. Remember, if you like the show, please help us out. Give us those five stars. Follow the podcast. Leave a review. And also remember to subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel so you don't miss any of the upcoming live commitments. For Brandon Huffman and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. 